some questions for you because I know you have a lot of good information. And the first question I'd like to ask you is about your connection to procurement, which is also the title of this podcast. Um, so how did procurement find you? Well, it, it's and hi Susan, hello everyone. Um, it's it's a good question because it didn't. Um, uh, so I've been asked that question before. I'm one of the few people, uh, I think, that actually went out and found procurement. Um, so I didn't fall into procurement. Wow. It was it was a conscious choice to 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 go into procurement for for a number of reasons. Um, I guess my my father being a salesman um, <laughs> and and compl complaining about buyers. Um, made me think oh, that's interesting isn't it that, that's a way to really antagonize your father uh, is to go into the profession that he doesn't doesn't that he talks about a little bit so that was that was a reason as well and and during um sort of university well not university during during a college course that I was that I was doing uh there was uh, some work experience that they that they did as part of it and you kind of went through all the different parts of a retail organization and part of that was actually working in in the procurement function purchasing as it as, right. it, was yeah, as it was back in the, in the 1980s when i when yeah. i started and i really enjoyed it i thought there was, there was a lot of interesting things there and working working in a warehouse uh, and understanding the goods in the goods out procedure mm. and, and seeing how they reordered things and seeing how they brought stock in and and, and then got it ready for sale and what have you all mm. of that stuff from the broader sort of procurement family if you like made me go you know i think this is the profession that i that i really want to go into and so i i found a role in in procurement with the national health service and it went from there oh that's fantastic and it is exciting because yeah the, i think people are starting to find procurement themselves more often now um because people starting to know about it and it is seen more as a real profession but yeah you know not that long ago when it was you know purchasing um i think that's it's probably right that procurement did find a lot of people later, but you are one of the originals, so that is cool. Yeah, and yeah well, we try, <laughs> try and be different, right? That's my, that's a motto, try and be different. Absolutely. So um, I noticed, you know, that your catchphrase is procurement can save the world, which I absolutely love. I want to adopt that myself. But can you tell me more about that, how that came about? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, I think procurement done well, uh, can impact so many different things of an organization, of public sector, of therefore people's life. I think procurement done badly can also save the world yeah. for, for completely yeah. different reasons, right? Yeah, well. um, so it, it can be, um, and this is part of, of something that, that I feel very passionate about, procurement is so much more than, than just saving money, just cost savings. Um, it can fundamentally change the nature of what a market looks like. It can understand mm. in a monopoly or a duopoly or an oligopoly, what the impacts are of that, and therefore what's needed to get done to change that. It can look at the way that it sources and try and drive diversity in its sourcing. It can it can impact and affect organizational strategy about some of the things that they choose to buy by bringing knowledge, by bringing awareness, by bringing light, if you like, in, in terms of the decisions that are about to be made. So, you know, one of the things that I, I talk about and used to talk a lot about in, in training was being aware of the impact of the decision you're about to make before you make it. And start to scenario plan some of those some of those things. And what I think has become evident over the last three or four years is that the lack of scenario planning has massively impacted organisations. They haven't done the what if analysis. There was always another supplier. There was always another choice until there isn't. Yeah. And and so some of the research that that I've been conducting now actually clearly identifies that that some of the drivers that organisations are looking for is to increase scenario planning. Well, who's better 
to do that, who can really impact the scenario planning by by accessing those those, those external markets and making decisions and impacting decisions around whether or not you outsource something, you bring it in house. Yeah. For instance, if you want to if you want to stimulate some economy right now, one of the things that many governments do, obviously, is they build infrastructure. That's a that's a way yeah. that pretty much Classics, every yeah. country around the world you do big infrastructure projects. And Australia is no different. I live in Victoria. Yeah. It's the big build. There's more things being mm. built in this country in this state than you can possibly imagine. But the, the problem that you've got, got then is, is that has a massive impact on all of the different suppliers and sub-suppliers and sub-sub-suppliers and, yeah. and associated suppliers of these things that, that happen. And so you can actually turn around now and go, well, there are pockets in here that we're just not going to be able to get supply of. So how do we think differently? Well, one of the ways to think differently is to insource and bring apprenticeships and do mm-hmm. all sorts of weird and wonderful things that are going to solve that problem. And that's that's the reason why I think that procurement can save the world, because it really can impact economies and it yeah. touches more parts of any organization, um, of, of every organization and any organization, probably safe for IT than any other part of a business. Mm. Because everybody needs something to buy and yeah. everybody needs to understand external supply markets. And that's why I think procurement can really impact and, and, and change the world and, and save the world um, because it can start to drive a broader agenda uh, that people need to consider by showing people what those what those broader agendas can be. Yeah, no, that's that's really good because certainly that plays into the whole ESG, you know, flavor of the moment, which hopefully will continue on, you know, forever. But yeah, also that whole thing about, as you said, onshoring and reshoring and training up our own people, which for me here in Australia, that's always been one of the things that upsets me that we always bring in, and here we are, two people not originally from Australia, but, you know, uh, bringing in people from overseas to do jobs, you know, that people in Australia trained up could easily do. But, yeah, no, that's, um, thank you for sharing that. I think that is a mantra that we can all um, look at. Maybe I'll have my next podcast called Procurement Can Save the World. Thank you. I might pinch that from you. Um, The the one that I had before was Procurement is Life, which I stole outrageously from Ted Lasso. So, um, okay. Not well, procurement is life, it was football is life. But I right, thought, right, but yeah, I, I, there, you there you go. Well, look, you know, very few people, can I say, have really original thoughts. We do like to steal from one another. So, But yes. I, I appreciate that thought, procurement can save the world, and I am going to steal it. Um, now, I know you talked about how you found, um, you know, well, how, sorry, well, how you decided to go into procurement. Um, but I guess, did you want to share, you know, a few of the highlights for, of your career trajectory so far? Oh, well, yeah, I mean... The, the, the cool thing is, as you know, as, as hopefully the people listening will know will, will know a little bit about me and sort of gather from the accent. Um, I've uh, worked in lots of different continents, um, and seeing the differences is always interesting. So you know, growing up in England uh, and starting my procurement career in England, I guess one of the, one of the big highlights for me in that one was uh, OysterCard. So I oh, yeah. was the, the lead procurement guy. Uh, for the oyster card transformation that took it from what we all call as a transport ticket to mm. essentially as a, as a cash replacement system, in many ways it was the forerunner of what we uh, what we have now is the, the you know the payless transact the the, the touchless yeah. transaction yeah 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 um, and and so being exposed to to that business strategy um, in terms of what the goals were behind it uh, mm. being involved being exposed to essentially the world of corporate finance. And the world of technology. Um, mm. I can honestly say that that was a, a two-year project that I, I kind of worked on, and I, I think you learn something every day. I mm. think it, it it massively impacted the way that I did conduct future 
um, market interactions. Uh, I'm not going to say the word tender, I'm not going to say the word RFP, because one of the reasons is is that I don't, the future market interactions never involve an RFP. So this this was a government piece of legislation, this is a government piece of procurement transaction, and we issued no tender documents. All right. Because you were looking for someone innovative? Was that, you know, yeah. you're looking for a new, new if you want to, arrangement? Exactly. If you want to stifle innovation, send out a tender. Mm. <laughs> Sadly. Um, but <laughs> and, uh, and so we basically, you know, had just held constant competitive dialogues. And it was just recognising that we can we can achieve the outcomes that we want to achieve without being stuck in issuing a document and getting someone to issue a document to our requirements. Yes. Because again, yeah. part of this is if we're looking for innovation, surely part of the evaluation should be how innovative their responses are. If you're yeah. looking for a, a, an indicator as to how innovative this organisation is, how creative this organisation is, and getting them to fill a 20-page document in, in the same way as everybody else, to make mm, it easier for you, to me, just strike, you don't want to do that. Um, no. And the reality is, if, if that's how we're going to make a decision, there's technology that does that. We don't need human interaction. Um, yeah, so yeah. so so you so that that's kind of one of the things that I learned from that. So so that was a that was a highlight. Coming to Australia and working as a consultant for a period of time was 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 a highlight because again you saw so many different uh, different organisations uh, and so many different things that they were doing and and again recognising that this this cookie cutter singular approach to things it does need you need to have some uh, nuance within within these things and, and, mm. and recognizing that, that people think differently is, is good and then I'd, I'd say the other part that I, I always really enjoyed was the the delivering of the of the learning delivering of the training um to, well, we obviously well that's where we met of course um, Gordon yeah. so yeah yeah uh, so so delivering all those training touching um or, or being able to to influence so many people in a at a stage of their career where they're looking to do things fun and interesting and procurement and to see so many of them uh, go on to lead procurement functions and mm. to hear them uh, say some of the things that I was talking about in these training programs, you know, it's, it is, it is fantastic to kind of to kind of see all those things and people reaching back out. And even if it is just to reiterate some of the very, very poor jokes uh, that they would have heard <laughs> and experienced it on those courses. We love your jokes, Gordon. <laughs> but I think it was good. So it was, it's really nice to always see that this constancy of, um, people in in procurement leadership roles that I see now that that eight nine years ago at the beginning of their career and you see how they move and you see them go and that that is something that I think is a constant source of enjoyment for me is to see the success of other people. Yeah, yeah, the fruits of of that and and of them and your you know involvement. So now that's great. Um, and that kind of leads me to um, one of my um, next questions, which I mean I met you on a category management course, you know like years ago now and I certainly learned heaps in that course and it was you know and now it seems like category management is supposedly what everybody does although I would argue that a lot of times it's really just strategic sourcing but anyway um leaving that where I, I found it um I just gonna say that I know one of your um, recent research topics has been on the subject of the evolution of spend management and I'd love to hear more about that, particularly around why you're now looking at the concept of spend management as opposed to procurement or category management or you know something else. And okay, so I think the the reason why we would call it spend management is similar to what what you just said, actually, Susan, is that I think the connotation of procurement um, is that it's about sourcing. Um, so yeah. um, it's interesting, being, being in a global role, 
um, and being exposed to, to different parts of the world, it's always interesting to hear the terminology that gets used. And mm. so in, in the US, for instance, procurement is basically what we would call P2P. Right. Okay. And, and <laughs> Whereas here in Australia, it's sourcing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Whereas, and, and so sourcing is sourcing and procurement is, is purchase to pay. That's basically right. What, right. They, what they look at, which is which is interesting. And of course, growing up in England, P2P is, is, would still be what we would call purchasing. I mean, that's one of my first Correct. jobs yeah. in, in procurement was in purchasing, converting yeah. requisitions to purchase orders through using yeah. a catalogue um, yeah. and all those things that, that you, we still do, except that it took six weeks in Yeah. Yeah. 
and there's nothing wrong with with, with sourcing. There's nothing wrong yeah. with RMPs. There's nothing wrong with that. My point is, if we want to concentrate on the things where we think we can add significantly more value, then we need to actually do the things that can add significantly more value and let go of the things that we don't. And some mm. of those things are running sourcing campaigns. And I know mm. many organisations have got thresholds. I would be my five year vision would be remove the threshold. Turn saying no all RFPs. The goal is in five years time all RFPs are run out of business, and we put technology in there that helps them run them. We put the mm. policy in the process. Let me tell you on user experience. I've just done a piece of research and it identified the user experience was a key driver of digital transformation. And then I asked the question, so what is it about user experience? And the answer came back, it's people. It's actually yeah. about relationship and alignment with organizations. It's it's not the technology's got to play with it. The pro, the lowest answer was policy. Right. The lowest answer about improving user experience was policy. Yeah, a lot of the time we talk about we've got to get the policy right. Yeah, no, we don't. Okay. We have to get the relationships right. We have to get the alignment with the business right. That's what we've got to get right if we want people to to really use our services and recognize what we do. So yeah. for me, a lot of it is if we um, if we want to do something different, we have to like let go of the things that we've been doing. And part of that is to have this holistic view of spend management and recognize actually where we can add value is not running RFPs. Where we can add value is so deeply understanding. This is what category management done well is is having a forward-looking view as to what things are impacting this category, what it means for this category, and bringing that to our business partner, bringing that to our, you know, if we've got business partnering, which is what HR do, they have the business partner now, that helps organizations set strategy, is bringing that to these business partners, bringing that to the, to the users, and helping them set their acquisition strategy, helping mm. them think about what it means. And then yeah. Yeah, maybe it's a case of, well, we're going to have to do something so strategic in the market, like bring a new supplier in. How are we going to bring a new supplier? You're not going to bring a new supplier in through a tender. No. <laughs> you're going to bring a new supplier because you're going Especially to be Especially so a restricted deep. tender yeah, <laughs> where exactly. you already know everybody. <laughs> so I think we have to do something you know, fundamentally different. And that's, that's why I say let's set some big goals of, of no tenders. Let's set another goal of not measuring cost savings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's let's pretty set <laughs> Let's set those goals because if we want to do something different, if we want to measure the impact of what we do, and we want to be famous for something that's not cost savings, and stop measuring it. Yeah, well, that's start, yeah, that's, start that's radical. <laughs> start measuring your contribution to revenue. Right. Yeah, that's. Um, I remember you or somebody talking about that. That's kind of a new frontier for procurement. So yeah, that's. Um, let's let's measure the business value that we bring because the risk is that you know, and I work for a technology company, um, so I see what's coming from a technology perspective. Mm. You know, the risk is, is that in the same way, how many how many procurement teams now convert requisitions to purchase orders? Yeah. Well, I don't think that's what we do in the procurement team, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. It's done automatically. It's done yeah. by technology. 100 percent. Yeah. I, I would suggest that it's going to go the same way. The same way with system. sourcing. Yeah. But understanding the supply base, understanding the relationship, having a deep understanding of what impacts these things are happening take um a, a good example is, is toyota actually um the the doyen if you like of lean manufacturing um of just in time of holding no stock um after the fukushima earthquake they took a took a look back and went hang on a minute if if there's a shortage of semiconductors we've got a massive issue so why are we keeping a weak supply of semiconductors yeah Oh, hang on a minute. And they basically they, re, they restructured their entire 
inventory management system because they started to scenario plan. Now, if you want time to scenario plan, you can't be running a tender. No. And they were like the kings of just in time, weren't they? But now it's the whole different philosophy with different, um, you know, different world situations. I was at an event in Tokyo a few years ago and uh, one of the, and it's been translated because I can't speak Japanese, um, but it was um, one of the, the speakers turned around and just said, we've missed an opportunity for the last 10 years because we've been so focused on on controlling costs and controlling inventory and controlling all those different points that we've missed the opportunity for innovation and supplier management and supplier relationships. We've missed all of that opportunity. And that's that's where we should be investing our time rather than worrying about essentially tactical things that you can automate. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's really insightful I saw, and did you, exciting. Did you see that there was a Harvard Business Review article and it talked about Walmart and they have put in place negotiation chatbots to carry out negotiations with their suppliers. Right. Yeah. And um, wow, that's and also I've heard of things like not that particularly, which is amazing, but also the fact that, yeah, you can get to things much quicker if you let the computer do the negotiating and say, what's your goal? What's your goal? Match up the goals. So that's and that's really happening. As you said, Walmart's doing it already. And type in, have a look at, and if people haven't, have a look at ChatGPT. Oh, I I wrote my daughter a poem using ChatGPT. <laughs> Much better than I could have done, I can tell yeah, you. It's it's very interesting to see that. Um, I mean, there's still there's still issues with it, clearly. But in terms of, you know what I mean? And that's why I'm saying around that the technology is going to come and do the stuff anyway. So if, mm. if procurement wants to save the world, if it, if it can't, then it has to kind of change what it does and what it's famous for. Um, and yeah. that, that's why I just want to say we've got to set these goals that, you know, if any anyone going in now in five years time should say, I don't want to run RFPs within the sourcing team, that actually I just want to put that to the business. What I want to do is enable the business with the strategies, mm-hmm. with understanding what's going on so they can do that and so that I can be more better aligned with the organisation. Yeah, 100%. No, I love that, Gordon. And look, I know we don't have all day, even though I'd love to chat to you all day because you have so many very interesting and insightful things to say. Maybe I'll have to make a podcast series just with you, Gordon. <laughs> um, not, but look, I'm, I think your viewership or your listenership might go down. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'd listen anyway. So look, um, yeah, I just want to um, say, look, uh, is there anything that you you wanted to add about you know yourself or your life or anything just quickly before we go? Any other key branding platforms or anything? Um, what excites you about coming to work? Anything? I, mean, I think the thing that excites me about coming to work is the is the, the fact that I can go and do these research activities um, and understand what the future of becoming looks might look like by by listening to a lot of people and carrying out surveys and and interpreting what it means and carrying out other specific research pieces. So the exposure to a lot of global thinkers who think differently about both the world and, and procurement is is fantastic, and the fact that I can try and bring that mesh of procurement and technology together um mm. because every function is being impacted from technology by technology every single 100%. function yeah, minutes. Yeah. what it is direct indirect whatever it is technology yeah. is changing the way that we do everything and so to be at the the cutting edge of how procurement and technology meet for me that's that's exciting it's uh yeah. it's it's great to be able to and again to to influence um people that i work with around actually this is what procurement really needs so yes. let's start yes. making sure that this sort of stuff happens. This happens um, that yeah. sort of stuff is, is fun and exciting. 
Oh, well, thank you so much, Gordon. I really appreciated you coming and having a chat with me and, um, yeah, and sharing some of your insights and your ideas. And I'm sure people will be very interested in hearing this podcast. So thank you so much and um, have a lovely weekend, as we've discussed, and I'm sure we will be in touch. It's good to, to speak to you and to see you on the on the teams, and I look forward to seeing you in, in real life at some point soon. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Thanks again, Gordon. See you then. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.